Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Good morning. Murder. When a criminal, or more specifically a murderer, is a young child, sentencing can be difficult. On May 14, 1984, an elderly woman in Gary, Indiana, was killed by a group of teenage girls. And though they were made to pay for their crimes, many find their sentences hard to stomach. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On May 14, 1985, Paula Cooper and three of her friends, fellow ninth graders Karen, April, and Denise, decided to ditch school at lunchtime. They went to April's home where they drank beer and smoked pot and chatted about what they were going to do with the rest of their day. After some ideas were thrown around, they settled on going to the local arcade just a few blocks away. There was only one problem. None of them had any cash. That's when one of the girls remembered the sweet old lady that lived nearby, the one who taught Bible lessons to all of the neighborhood kids, always seemed to have cash. And with that statement, the girls went looking for Ruth Pelka. 
They went knocking on her door, and when the 78-year-old answered, they asked her to tell them Bible stories. She ushered them inside and turned her back on the girls to get information about classes. That's when Denise grabbed a vase off the table and slammed it over the elderly woman's head. Then Paula, just 15 years old, grabbed a knife from her purse, and this simple robbery turned into a vicious murder. The girls came back to Paula, stating that they could not find any money. She then handed the knife to Karen, who twisted it inside of Ruth's body as Paula ransacked the home. The girls left with $10 and the keys to Ruth's old car. They piled inside and drove away, leaving Ruth to bleed out on her dining room floor. Her body was found the next day by one of her adult children, and the girls were arrested the following day. Paula Cooper was advised by her public defender to plead guilty, which she did. And at her sentencing trial, did his best to explain the murder by giving the judge an insight on Paula's life. She was a social misfit, a chronic runaway, and a girl who had been physically abused and forced to watch the rape of her own mother, a woman who once attempted to kill Paula. This was a girl who needed rehabilitation, not to be locked away. At least, that's what her lawyer was claiming. Despite this, as the ringleader of this dangerous group, on July 11, 1986, she was found guilty and sentenced to death at just 15 years old. The other girls were given sentences of 25 to 60 years. Her case was quickly taken up by another attorney, who organized a campaign to appeal her death sentence. The campaign received a strong public support, especially amongst the Catholic population in Europe. Pope John Paul II himself made a personal appeal for Paula's life to the Indiana governor in September of 1987. People found the death of such a young child to be difficult to stomach morally, and more than two million people signed the petition for her sentence to be commuted. She became the symbol for those against the death penalty, and parades in Rome, Brussels, Paris, Madrid, and Warsaw were held in her honor. She was constantly on the front page of News and Gary, including when reports were leaked that several prison guards had sex with her in her cell. Paula, it seemed, had garnered herself some celebrity status with the murder of Ruth Pelka. And Ruth's own family stated that she would have been appalled that such a young girl was being put to death for her murder. Finally, in 1988, after a Supreme Court decision that barred the death penalty for defendants under the age of 16 at the time of the crime, Paula Cooper's sentence was reduced to life imprisonment. After completing her GED and taking college courses in prison, which earned her her bachelor's degree, Paula Cooper was released on June 17, 2013, for good behavior. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 15th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. 
All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.